Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent into Kingston, Jamaica. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also, this time, please put away all carry-in items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners, and welcome to the show Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. If you need instrumentals, recording, mixing, or mastering, maybe a music video, photo shoot, or graphic designing, need bouncy castles, face painting, popcorn, cotton candy, or characters for the kids, want to do online or offline promotion, maybe both, let's print your t-shirts and everything else. Here at Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, we got you covered. Reach us on FB and Instagram at Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, YouTube at Inner Sanctum Entertainment, and Twitter at iSanctum Studios. Or call us at 1-866-338-4123. That's 1-866-338-4123. Welcome to another episode of Musical Slash Entertainment Industry. Last week, I interviewed Mr. Aaron George, CEO of Inner Sanctum Entertainment. And now he's back with us again. Hi, Aaron. Welcome back. Hi. Hi, hi. How are you doing? Thanks for coming again despite your busy, busy, busy schedule. Just remind our listeners again, because some persons haven't had a chance to listen to the show, a little bit about Aaron George. All right. So um, as you give me the grand introduction, I am the CEO of Inner Sanctum Entertainment. Um, one of my major capacities um, under the scope of the company is also as head and executive producer at Inner Sanctum Studios. And um, that's where we do, you know, a lot of music, um, advertisement, creation, uh, songwriting, sound effect creation, a lot of stuff heavily um, in the audio department. Okay, great. Now, Aaron, let me remind our guest that this is this show is called the musical slash entertainment industry. So, Aaron, tell us your opinion. What is music? I would say music is an expression. I mean, that sounds pretty cliche, but that is really what music is. It mm-hmm. is an expression. Um, one of the most potent and moving forms of expression that transcends the you know, the constraints of time. You know, music is something mm-hmm. that moves people to various emotions. It's it, it plucks your heartstrings, it pulls your hair, it makes you want to dance, it makes you want to cry, it makes you remember, it makes you forget. Uh, music encompasses all of these uh, different evocations. And yeah, that, that is what music is to me, expression and emotion. Okay, great. I had to ask that question, or I usually ask that bonus question to different artists and producers like yourself because different persons have their own perspective of music and how they express themselves through it. So, Aaron, one of the things that fascinates me, or let me just say that other arts, other musical artists before they became an artist, some of them were nurses, doctors, like 
Itana, she was a nurse, then she became an artist. Elaine from Jamaica, she was an investment banker. Then she went on wow. to music. You wanted to do math and science. Tell us about that. Uh, so essentially, I wanted to actually do geophysics. <laughs> and um, I, I was on my way there. And uh, a lot of unfortunate incidents would have occurred between mm -hmm. the university and the administration. And then, uh, you know, scholarship money doesn't sit around waiting for administration to sort themselves out. So, you know, a, a couple of unfortunate events would have prompted me in the direction to take music and entertainment as, you know, a little more serious or, you know, a little more high on the list of priorities then because I started music before I would have ultimately gone into the scientific um, direction. It was always, you know, music and science, but then when the academia fell through, I would have um, dedicated myself more heavily into the music and entertainment side of things. Aaron, a lot of blind visually impaired persons find math and science intimidating. Why are you an exception? Um, I would say because I would have had sight before. I saw up to the age of nine. And um, I do have a very good grasp on, because I've always been good at math, I had a very good grasp on shapes and numbers and theorems, uh, number theorems, um, and, you know, the various aspects of math up till that age. Mm -hmm. And I think for what it's worth, that would have given me an advantage over someone that would have never seen because I was having a conversation very recently with a, another educator in the um, math area. And, um, you know, something that I came up with a few years ago um, through experience is that I was having a conversation with someone who was visually impaired from birth mm -hmm. and we were we were playing with um, alphabet letters and oh, wow. on the alphabet cutout letters there was the letter A in Braille on it. Braille as you know is how blind people read. Yes. Right? That is raised dots. So there was a Braille A on the actual letter A and I don't know what would have prompted me, but I, I asked the person, what do you think an actual A looks like? How do you think people who can see write the letter A? And I put out my hand for the person to draw it on my hand, and they drew something similar to the number eight. And in that moment, I realized that if someone never saw a letter or a number or a color, they really have no concept of what it means in a in the wider scheme of things, right? Mm -hmm. Our language isn't to the point where you can explain something without reference. Our language is mm -hmm. very referential. So right. blue is the sky. You know that the sky is blue because that's what we relate it to <laughs> or what we yes. reference it to. Our language doesn't encapsulate things to their fundamental level right so when when the person had drawn that for me i was like okay that is not how it actually looks and i put the a in their hand and their response was i would have never guessed this is what an a looks like and oh. um tie back into math that is how i think i have had um, you know more than usual success in math as a visual mm -hmm. person because I've had the concepts um, laid out to me from a visual perspective. And this is not really to do much with 
my ability i'm thinking that um it has more to do with my point of reference where a mm -hmm. sight teacher would be attempting to teach a blind child from a sight yes. perspective that is mm -hmm. a a breach in communication um a breach in the learning experience whereas a blind teacher would also have been thought most likely by a sighted teacher and if the blind person is a little you know above average in understanding and concepts and spatial recognition and awareness they may understand it from a scientist perspective but then they they try to teach it to another and it's a vicious cycle what i'm thinking is fundamentally um there needs to be some form of bridging that gap between sighted and blind understanding of the fundamentals of math so that building forward um it's not so much of a different experience everything that is created for sighted people to experience math and science should be created for blind and visually impaired persons as well so you have a triangle you draw a triangle on the board you have a cutout of a triangle as well for a blind student you want to do the parameter of something you draw the line of the parameter you have the cutout for a blind person to actually see or experience what is literally going on on the board and i think that should bridge the gap and make people more excited about math and science within the blind community it's just a matter of you know creating the the learning environment wow guys i know our point of focus is on the music but i just had to get this out because <laughs> wow. i just find yeah. it so interesting aaron tell us now that you're a businessman slash music producer slash entertainer everything is your fascination with science over absolutely not um i <laughs> pretty much up to date with everything that goes on in the scientific world actually i was listening to um a piece of information about the james Webb telescope that is finally in the stages just before they're about to launch it into space and we've been waiting for this thing since 2007 so it's really exciting that um they are finally putting the two halves of it together so that we could start testing the full scope of the telescope um, as opposed to doing it in, in halves. So I, I am pretty much up to date with, you know, the latest in science. And I do intend on continuing geophysics mm -hmm. at a point where um, it's no longer a necessity as it was before. You know, you, wanna, you need to go to school so that you can get a job. I would do my geophysics when I'm ready and because I want to explore that um, area of study. So Aaron, do you have any regrets in not being able to pursue your earlier dreams? Absolutely not. Um, I think everything happens in its time. And uh, in terms of uh, doing the geophysics, I, I don't think the journey would have been this uh, fulfilling or this exciting. Um, you know, I would have gone to school. I probably would have made different friends. I would have probably had different experiences. But I feel like entertainment is probably the most dynamic place to be um, in terms of career-wise. And um, yeah, I mean... In terms of pursuing my passion, you know, because of social media, because of the internet and stuff like that, it's very easy to keep up with your passions and your hobbies and um, sometimes intertwining them. Sometimes hobbies become professions, sometimes professions become hobbies. You know, it's just that's the way we live in now. The digital age allows for these types of things to happen. Okay, that's really interesting, Aaron. So, Aaron, you have built many, many rhythms and I'm fascinated by them. Tell us about the Uptown Rhythm that you have built. So, <laughs> I'll tell you um, mm. something about Uptown. 
I okay with all my instrumentals, I pretty much label them after I make them. So it's not that I have an idea in mind for the name and then I build an instrumental to reflect that. I build the instrumental and then I look at it and I say, huh, is this a dog? Is this a horse? Is this a cat? And then I name it what I think it looks like. Um, that is kind of a weird um, explanation for it, but that's pretty much how it goes. So um, think of you doing a collage. You just take a bunch of paint, throw it against a wall, and then you bring, then you kind of look at it and see what you can see. It's like cloud gazing. You look at mm-hmm. the clouds and you look like, ah, oh, your imagination tells you, oh, that looks like a fluffy bunny. And that's what you call <laughs> cloud formation. Or you say, oh my gosh, that looks like a eight-pointed starfish. And then that's what it is. So for me, Uptown, it kind of felt, the, the rhythm sounded Uptownish, like you know, um, it it feels like a kind of suburban type of instrumental as opposed to more urban, grungy. It feels a little bit suburban. It has some of the kind of synthy sounds going on in it. And um, yeah, it, it does have the urban aspect of it, but I feel like it's not completely urban. So that's why I call it Uptown. What about Slow Jam? Um, <laughs> well, that basically came from me playing the instrumental back to myself and you know djs usually when they go into the slow session of their mix they'll say slow jams and i was just like yo this sounds like that type of instrumental that they would say that to so i was like okay let's name it slow jam wow <laughs> um, again, again when i hear that instrumental and i'm saying it like i'm listening in the third person and that's what ha- that's what happens when i finish an instrumental I listened to it in the third person like someone who just would have walked into the studio and listened for the first time. Uh, with wow. Scanters, it was... I felt like people could dance to it. I felt like... Um, I don't know if you if you would know the term scant is like a kind of breakdancing. Yes, yes. I think it might have originated in Jamaica, so I apologize if I'm telling you something it that means, is yeah. part of the culture. I, I'm yes. not sure how you all call it in Jamaica, but I, I think it might have originated in Jamaica. Yes, um, Jamaican scare. Something like that, yeah. Right. So I was like, you know, this is a kind of breakdance, kind of hip-hop breakdance sound. But I didn't want to say breakdance. I wanted to keep mm-hmm. it Caribbean. So that's why I said scanters. Because that's okay. pretty much breakdancers from the Caribbean. Understood. What I realized with these musicians, Aaron, is that you guys build rhythm based on expression, mood, rhythm, speed, everything. So that is why music is is an expression, form of expression. Aaron, how would you are a music producer? How would you describe the music back then and now, especially in the dancehall industry? What's going on? Um. I have a very probably unpopular um, idea about music on the whole. Mm-hmm. Music on the whole is this. Whatever age you are at, where the music reaches you and moves you, that is mm-hmm. the most phenomenal and the most beautiful time in music for you. Because you would hear everyone, every generation would say, their generation is the golden generation of music. 
my generation is the golden generation of music and then 15 years from now i'll be saying what are these youths listening to and they will be like what are you talking about this is the best music ever and you know if grandparents are honest with themselves i'm sure their parents would have been like what garbage you are listening to and their Mm. grandparents would have been like what garbage you are listening to and so on and so forth till the start of time so I feel like um, my perspective is all music, all music has the potential to move you in whatever way. Um, but, you know, it's a matter of music is subjective. Music is taste. Like, a lot of people get into if music is good or bad too much. Just enjoy what you enjoy. Don't listen to what right. you don't enjoy. It's right. that simple. Um, I love dancehall. Like, dancehall is really proliferating worldwide. Right? A lot of entertainers outside of the caribbean uh like think about drake drake is one of the biggest artists in the world right now and he loves dancehall like dancehall is really proliferating and is in a really 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 good place right now in the world yes he came to jamaica for um popcorn festive thingy so yeah and he he did a song i don't i don't know the song but and then he he did a little patois in it. I'm like, what the hell? Is that Drake? Yeah. And I mean, he is from Canada. And Canada has a he lot is. of roots, you know. So oh, yeah. That's just mind. a really, really good fit. You know, mm-hmm. so I feel like um, dance all is in a really And Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, all these people. Yeah, exactly. And Rihanna is from Barbados. Nicki Minaj is from Trinidad. And it's like, dance all seems to be art form that is really pushing the world over in terms of acceptance the world really likes the swing of dancehall they really like the instrumentals and even in even pop stars that we wouldn't even know i was listening to a lot of mixes and it, there's a lot of dancehall influence in those in those um, songs Ex- and like, even no. dj khaled and Trinidad and um buju banton and mavado they all did a collaboration when buju was freed you know from prison they did a collab and Absolutely. even there's an artist by the name of Shensia. She, she did a song yeah. called Blessed. And Nicki Minaj incorporated something from her in her in a new single, Megatron. You know? There you go. So, you know, I'm there up to date. Go. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and even in Trinidad, like right now for this summer, um, especially, we have had a lot of guys doing dancehall. A lot of them, like most of the music that would have been playing from local artists. Uh, between the months of March, I would say, to around, well, up till now, is dancehall. Like, people really want to hear dancehall when they go to the clubs and when they go to the parties. You know, so I think dancehall is in a really good place and it could only get better and move forward and get bigger from here. Um, but that is a trend in Jamaica, though. You all have mm-hmm. a way of really capturing the world with your music, right? From mm-hmm. all the way back from Bob Marley to now to vibes cartel writing for beyonce and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. so it's it's jamaica has a really it's a wide diversity amazing ability to just make the world pay attention and really enjoy what you all put out so you have a client by the name of kmj which i interviewed recently you did a wonderful rhythm for him the accompany rhythm tell us about that um, well, essentially that, um, the, the name of the rhythm was Sonic Eclipse. 
his song Sorry, on Sonic Eclipse. The song is um, accompanying what the rhythm exactly. is. Sonic Eclipse. So, exactly. So, um, I did that soak instrumental about a year before. And mm-hmm. I had it just there lying around. You know, as producers, we have a lot of stuff that just lying around until someone comes and turns it into something glorious. So he did. Instrumental. <laughs> Absolutely. So I had this instrumental lying around and um, I took a couple other instrumentals with that one and I took it to the um, a group of people in Trinidad and Tobago Blind Welfare Association and I was like, here's what, um, Inner Sanctum is willing to do a collaboration with the association to choose some persons that are musically inclined to do mm-hmm. some music on, these, on this instrumental. Choose one and that's the one we'll work with. So it so happened that they choose Sonic Eclipse. So that's where it all began. And then, um, you know, we would have lobbied to the various persons who were inclined in music and, you know, looking to get some music out and that kind of thing. And we we then um, started talking to them over the songs. Um, there were people that we wrote for. Um, our company was one of our writers would have started the song. Wow. And then I completed the song. And then when I took it to Kareem, he was like, yo, I really feel in this. And he just killed it. You know, he just yeah. the song. He did. Um, oh my he gosh. Some vibes to the song. And um, yeah, that, that is how that song came together, you know. And um, we got them to do a music video. We did a music video. We and and we did a social media push. Uh, we got it played on some radio stations and so on. And it was, That's it was great. A good wow. It was a good That's experience. wonderful. That's wonderful. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are speaking with Aaron George, CEO of Inner Sanctum Entertainment. Before we go, Aaron, what advice would you give to incoming artists slash producers slash CEOs of these entertainment companies? I would say never give up. Again, that is really cliche, but that is the only thing that works. Sometimes you try and you get through sometimes you try 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 multiply by a thousand and then you get through um the whole thing is not giving up i mean there is the caveat that you know (laughs) you need to know when to give up or you need to know when something isn't for you but Mm -hmm. in the world that we live today there are so many different directions within a single thing Mm -hmm. so let's say you want to be a singer and you've been trying and trying going to vocal classes and you have not gotten to the point where you feel like singing is your thing and you're not getting the type of response from people then okay become a vocal advisor become a vocal trainer yourself you know there's always some other direction to spin your dream into and you'll still be fulfilled another thing is for upcoming artists don't be afraid to invest in your abilities. If you want someone else to invest in you, like a label, or you want someone to, um, let's say, do a production for you for free, you need to be willing to invest in your product before someone else would invest in your product. If you are not confident enough in your music or your talent to spend your last $1,000 on it, then no one will be willing to spend a thousand dollars on your talents and i think that is probably the most important thing moving forward 
If you don't remember anything else, remember that. If you are willing to invest in yourself, then other people will be willing to invest in you. Great, well said. There you have it, folks. Aaron George, CEO of Inner Sanctum Entertainment. Join me next week, Sunday, for another episode of Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. Remember, guys, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. Blessings. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. Thank you to my studio engineers, Mr. Sidney Thorpe from Kingston, Jamaica, Mr. Damien Rose from Kingston, Jamaica, and Mr. Gary Kemmer from Monroe, Louisiana. Thank you guys for ensuring that the production goes well.